Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This podcast on 97.3 The Fan is presented by Hummel Casino. Fun above all else. Is everybody in? Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The ceremony is about to begin. Wednesday, November 1st, man. Just a couple months left in 2023. Year has flown by, uh, to be sure. Welcome into Ben and Woods, 97.3 The Fan. Thank you so much for uh, your your listenership, your loyalty in the morning. Uh, it's really impressive. You guys are incredible and uh, couldn't do what we do without you guys, or we'd just be talking to ourselves, uh, which, you know, sometimes it, there's, there's value in that, but uh, there's a lot more value with an audience like you guys. So we really appreciate that. I'm Woodsy. That's Paul Rindle, the executive producer. Ben Higgins, your friendly neighborhood sports anchor, who I did not mean necessarily to uh, teabag you yesterday. I'm going to be really a little did. less friendly. I didn't You're mean, not careful. I did not mean to do that, but uh, Adam. There's Adam. There's the, there's I don't Mark believe Mark. you entirely. I, I swear really, I didn't. I don't really believe you. If you missed it, um, we were all dressed in costume yesterday. I was a sexy Tiger Woods, and uh, Ben was Pat McAfee, Matt <clears throat> McAfee, uh, and Pauly was Cocaine Bear. And we uh, were here, and we went to a little meeting down the hall, as we usually do. Our boss, Adam, pops in. He goes, I think it'd be really funny. I go, oh, boy, here we go. <clears throat> If we did a video of you guys like working out or something, I go, oh, there's a gym downstairs. I was very amenable to it. I said, sure, sounds good. Um, let's go down and you film it and Paulie will edit it and it'll be great. So I'm at home later. We sh- shot some raw footage. Paulie pieced it together like the Scorsese that he is. He's gotten so good at that. And I clicked it open and I almost peed my pants laughing. Um, you were spotting me at one point, but you were standing way far away. <laughs> And then I spotted you properly. I got right over you and was helping you lift the weights. Right. And but it my um, 
it was uh, your face was really in my in my crotch. Well, you, there's point. this phenomenon where we do like a video and you just just roll with it. You don't really tell me what's going to happen. Well, you know why? Because I don't really know what's... It's not like I storyboard these. Okay, <laughs> then I'm going to rub my taint on Ben's face. I so, don't do that. Yeah. And, and it just... Uh, the bit of the joke it. was you had, you had me with the really tiny little weights, which I can lift more than I was lifting. Correct. I did... I did 25 pounders later. I can do more way, than I was lifting. That wasn't my idea. That was Adam's that idea. That was Adam's Adam idea. Adam said, get Ben with Ben. He wanted to humiliate right. you. I didn't. But then I you know said, you're strong as a boy. And I'm not Jim Guy. And you said, this is the proper way to spot. Way to spot. Yeah. And I thought, this can't really be true. I don't remember guys when I go at the gym, like pretty much. Teabagging. Yeah, just having their crotch right on top of your face. You want to get close. Ben, totally, uh, I'm watching the video again. Ben doing the pull-ups was maybe my favorite part okay. of the whole so video. That was genuine. I right. can't do a pull-up. I needed Woodsy to lift me up <laughs> I was, do a pull-up. I can't do a pull-up. I've I, never been able to do one. I was very surprised uh, that Adam went over to the pull-up thing. Now, he weighs about a buck thirty. <laughs> Easier to pull yourself up, in my opinion, than when you're 250 or whatever you are now, Ben. See, that doesn't look like that's proper, proper spotting. That is technique. proper spotting. If you can't see it, it's on YouTube. You can go find it. It's on Instagram, Twitter, everything else. Um, but I got right over you and helped you get those those things up. Now, the, the pull-up thing is, is real. That was real. You that can't. Real. You cannot do one. I can't do a pull-up. They're hard to do, and they're so good for you. I always read like an article, and it's like, Rip off two sets of thirty pull-ups. I'm like, how about one set of three pull-ups? Is that will that work for you? Because that's all I got. I've never been good at pull-ups. My, the bulk of my strength resides more lower body than uh, upper yeah, body. I would say so. I've never definitely seen, bottom head. I got to put my hands right on that, uh, right on those calves, right on those calves. I was actually I like moved my hand away because they were so. Sinu- but all that sinewy. all that muscle doesn't help me with the pull-ups. No. It's just more to pull up. If you could end. do legs first, maybe <laughs> that would be you'd have a better chance. <laughs> but uh, no, I had, I had a lot of. I did not mean to tee. It was not on my storyboard to tee back. It wasn't. You. It was not. It was not intentional. I was, it felt. It felt intentional at the time, like you were reveling in it. No, and, I looked down uh, and went, "Oh, I'm very close to that." Yeah. So um, that was fun. Great job, Paul. I mean, Paulie, like you're, you're not close. Like but, you're touching. Yeah, no, yeah. No. Fabric, though. I mean, it's the fabric. There's plenty of room there. I mean, there was an odor. It was that. There close. was not yeah. an odor. It was that, hot in here. That's actually, it was wild. not a bad odor. You. <laughs> it's very fresh. So then, it's not an odor. That's a, an odor <laughs> it's means a it's stinky. No, it's a fragrance. Every, it's a smell. Everything is, is an it? odor is not bad or good. There's no. Are you sure? Yes. I feel There's like good odors, odors and, and bad odors. They don't call it body smell. They call it body odor. <laughs> It's not, it was, yeah. No, it was, it was floral. Oh, your body fragrance is awful. I feel like you, right. you, do you use some sort of spray or something? I'm, I shower in the morning. Yeah, I'm the only one it. in here that does, and I do every morning. I can't get Good, going I'm without it. I'm glad you do. And that is an area. I didn't realize how glad I would be that you shower <laughs> That's in the morning. That's an area that I, I pay great Never attention really, to. Never really mattered that yeah. much to me. Oh, in the thing, look. Odor, does odor means have the bad. bad. It at odor least has the bad not, connotation. No, there's no connotation yes, at all to the word. Odor. Okay. No. By definition, just, by definition, you may be right. Okay. But but in co- in contemporary nomenclature, odor. Right, this says dictionary.com. In a distinctive smell, especially an unpleasant one. Especially. Especially. A, well, what's a good smell called then? Fragrance. A fragrance. Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
Good, good fragrance. I don't know. Bad smells more of an odor. Scent, scent is scent? super neutral. Could be a bad scent. scent or a good okay, scent. Okay, then there was a scent. I think fragrance means good. Odor means not good. I can get behind that. And I get behind you when I spot you. So I Catch you a that. whiff of something. A whiff. But uh, yeah, I, I really wasn't, I wasn't trying to do that. Uh, wife, just... wife girl says musk. Musk is really bad. You don't want no, musk. No, I musk think musk is, okay. is more earthy. Yeah. Mu- a musk is like an earthy smell. Can, now, yeah. now, some people like it's a usually, musky smell. Other people now, do not. must is different. Oh, must. This smell is musty in here. That's not a good oh, smell. Oh, yeah. That, that's but, ooh, bad. he's got a nice musk. Musk is okay. I was thinking Tom that's... Selleck has a nice musk. <laughs> you I would imagine. Have you yeah. ever actually no, I don't smelled know it's a Tom nice Selleck? Musk. I promise you. He's, uh, he has a nice musky. musk. Yeah. Musky has a bit of a earthy. Yeah, it also has a, a like a musky pheromonal sounds, quality. Pheromone, like, yeah, yeah, like an attra- you know, there's an attraction there. He's got a musk. Did like, you like have an ben attraction? Had, if Ben yeah. had a musk right now, it was not like, a, when did you put deodorant on last? Like you're no, you're, no, that's, no, you're no, almost no, no, there. No, that's not no, you're that's, almost there. That's just bo. That's bad. Megan said uh, Earthy just made her gag at her desk. <laughs> <laughs> Woods looks like he smells like brute. No, I do not buy my uh, smell good. At Walgreens. Axe body spray? No, I do not do that. Okay. I do not do that. I, come on. No, I don't wear Brute, for the love of God. Uh, do I rock baby powder? No, I do not rock baby powder uh, on the on that area. I thought you might have. My wife gets mad when I do Gold Bond because I spill it everywhere, <laughs> so I don't do it anymore. It's tough to It's not tough spill. to get it in that area. I would do it every day. You know, but, like hover over a towel or yeah, put yeah. a towel down on the floor. To do it in the shower. <laughs> Um, somebody said that's a straight up bandit mask. Yep, it was. I did. I bandit masked uh, Ben. Anyway, so that was it. Um, sorry about that, Ben. It was great content. But Adam wanted a viral video. He got it. That was really, really good. Well done. You got contest content for you. Are we going to do the same sounder as yesterday? Uh, call in to win Chris Stapleton tickets here in the second half of Men and Woods. We can do that. Uh, listen for Chris Stapleton, and when you hear Chris Stapleton. Call in, and it can happen, by the way, during the break, during the show, uh, whenever Polly decides it is time. When you hear Chris Stapleton, call in at 833-288-0973, and you can win a two-pack of tickets to his concert at Petco Park on March 2nd. Tickets go on sale this Friday at 10 a.m. at Ticketmaster.com. Polly, this is the example, not the not the cue to call, but this is what it'll sound like. Fire away. There it is. Fire away. So when you hear fire away, fire away at your phone. And call us for the chance to win Chris Stapleton tickets here in the second half of Ben and Woods coming up. Yes, I, it's been two hours and ten minutes. We've avoided the elephant in the room in Bob Melvin uh, to this point. Was very surprised, and, and we will do that. We will get to that audio because I want to. I want to hear it again. I was so taken aback when Adam texted me that he was going on with Gwen and Chris. I don't know why I was. Because you wanted him to come on with us. Not necessarily. Okay. I, 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 I'm I, of the opinion that as long as it's in the building, that's a win for us. I felt like it was, guy. that might have been a Tony Gwynn sort of... I mean, come on. I mean, you know, traveled with him all last two years. Yes, of course. That's a, that's a, that's a connection right there. And of I think Bob, Bob wanted to come on. Bob was like, I need to say a few things before I go. Especially some thank yous to the fans. I saw Tony Tony also had led kind of the charge of I He's speaking coming back. to Bob. He yeah. said, I got one year left. I'm excited to come back. I wonder if Tony I wonder if Tony I, as somebody who played the game, was in the game, who I appreciate and respect, 
I owe it to you. So I don't look at it. I'm not that kind of person that was like, oh, he should have been on Ben and Woods. I, as long as it's in the building, had he gone across the street or somewhere else, yeah, I would have been pissed. He didn't. He came here, and that's a win for us, and that was a win for their show, and I love when anybody can win. So um, I was at a Halloween party, the first of four, uh, <laughs> so I didn't get to hear it live. I had to go back and watch it on the YouTube feed, and I want to talk about it. I want to talk about it. we as a fan base. I, I, there was somebody that tweeted they were mad that we had him on, and I was like, any time you can get like, any time you can get that, get you take it. Like any that's, big league, skipper. that's part of the job. Like except for Dave Roberts, he's except not on. But other than that, like, <laughs> but no, I, I think any time you can can do that, um, you have to do it. I agree. Um, and we will play. Let's let's play the audio, some of the cuts when we come back, and then we can open the phone lines and get some reaction from the tier ones. We'll give you some of our thoughts on what Bob Melvin had to say. Uh, you can share with us as well. So Bob Melvin, the interview with Gwyn and Chris, uh, some of the highlights and top moments, uh, some of the interesting comments that we got in that uh, in that short. It was only about nine minutes, I think. But there was a lot to be said, and we will get into it when we come back after a check of traffic on Ben Woods on 97.3 The Fan. We'll be right back. You saw me standing by the old corner of Main Street And the lights are flashing on your windowsill All alone ain't much fun So you're looking Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Primetime NFL games are available free from Westwood One and live here on 97.3 The Fan and on the Odyssey app. Tomorrow, listen to the Titans and Steelers. Next Monday, the Chargers and Jets right here on 97.3 The Fan. Coverage begins at 4.30 or just download the Odyssey app and search for 97.3 The Fan at kickoff. All right, yesterday at uh, 2.40, I was driving into work 
I was driving to work for about two hours yesterday, but uh, definitely during that two hours, I got to listen to Bob Melvin joining Gwen and Chris. And like uh, you was, I we didn't know this was going to happen until maybe twenty minutes before it actually. Occurred. Yeah, mine was exact. I got a text exactly twenty minutes before, like, "Hey, you may want to tune in at two forty or whatever uh, for Bob Melvin." I went, "Oh, wow, okay, I'm at a Halloween party." I think. Um, just to clear anything up, because I know there were some people who didn't think Bob Melvin should have been given the platform of coming on the Padres flagship station. But if he had wanted to come on our show, I would have said yes. I would have absolutely invited Bob on, uh, asked him some questions, given him an opportunity to say what he wanted to say, which was, by the way, when you listen to the audio... Mostly a praising of his time in San Diego, a thanking of the fans, and continuing to kind of tamp down and minimize some of the kind of bad things, rumors that came about at the end. Nothing inflammatory, nothing really revelatory about the interview, but I think it was still worthy of uh, replaying some of it and talking about here this morning on our show. So, Just for the record, too, we've we've asked to have... Every manager that's been let go, come on and and if, if have offer a message to the fans. We asked it of Andy Green, we asked it of Jace Tingler. It's part of our it's, like we have Friar Fridays. We get the manager a lot yeah. during the season. We have not a lot as of much as we'd like, but yeah, we get we get the manager. But from we time have to a relationship time. with the manager yeah, of the team, absolutely. and when one leaves, they're not beholden to any Padres media sure. rules or anything like that. Right. It's, if I if we can reach out to them and just say hey. Offers out there, if you would like to address the fans in any capacity, we're here for you. Yep. Doesn't usually happen. It's uh, It, it happens, though. It, it does happen. It, it happened and yesterday, it and, and Tony Gwynn Jr. obviously has that relationship, and uh, it's great. It's great. I mean, and, and a lot of people tuned in for that, which, by the way, that's uh, that's the uh, the job of a radio station, to get people to tune in. And uh, mission accomplished, because they did. They listened in record numbers, and... I I list, I went back and watched uh, them on the YouTube feed as well, and uh, and heard the audio there, and I I didn't. There was literally nothing negative I took from it at all. And you're going to make your own opinion, and that's fine. Your opinion is valid, certainly. I didn't take anything negative from it. They uh, they started out by asking him about taking the job in San Francisco, which I thought was appropriate because one of the quotes he had, but you know, in the press conference with the Giants was, "This was the only job I." I would have taken other than staying in San Diego. Yeah. So uh, the guys asked him what what made the San Francisco job then a better fit for you than the one here in San Diego. Yeah, well, you're right about the the mudslinging thing, and and I feel awful about uh, you know how that ended in San Diego. First of all, so look, you know, it's a lot was made at the end of the year. Certainly, there was a lot of drama surrounding the you know the situation. Um, Try, we tried to work through it, thought we did there toward the end, um, and then got together and had a meeting uh, at spring training a few days after the season. You know, AJ told me that the Giants had called, and what did I want to do? So, uh, you know, I tabled it, really, and, and just wanted to talk about our situation going forward. I wanted to see it through, and as you know, um, you know, I was committed to, to the Padres and, you know, we started talking about some things that, you know, were issues, you know, to get to the point where we were at the time. And, you know, it just didn't seem like it was going to get much better. It felt like, 
you know, that the, the, the drama and the narrative that, that ended the season really just wasn't going to go away. And I don't think it was fair to the organization. I don't think it was fair to the team. I don't think it was fair to the fans, anybody, because if you go into the next season and, you know, it, it, it something goes wrong and now now it's going to pop up again, yeah. it just, just didn't feel like there was an, an end to it. So it, as we discussed it a little bit further, uh, it just felt like maybe the best thing to do for everybody was, was listen to the Giants. And, and once I did, you know, I was lucky enough to land somebody somewhere else because there's only so many of these jobs and being able to go, go home obviously had something to do with it. That's the part that uh, that struck me is, yeah, I mean, we, we were pl- planning on moving forward. I'd heard that as well. And, uh, you know, we started talking about some things and we just kind of realized it was an untenable situation at this point. Uh, difference in philosophy, certainly. But... If something went bad, guess what? I'm raising my hand. I absolutely would have brought up the fracture. I'm I'm admitting it now here live on the radio. I absolutely would have brought up the fractured relationship, the civil war. If something went terribly wrong in April and May, guilty as charged, right? You would have. We all would have. Everybody would have. It would have been the first thing. First thing. Well, clearly they're not getting along. I mean, it's just that's just how this this business works, I guess. And um yeah, I mean, look, clean clean slate for both of these guys, I think. I, I think it's I think it's going to be great for both of them. I think a clean slate was absolutely necessary. I don't love blaming a narrative for a major, yeah, for a life decision for Bob, uh, a major organizational decision for the Padres. There has to be some truth behind it. You can't just say, "Well, we just couldn't overcome a narrative created by the media." Sure you can. Sure, if it's not real, you can overcome it. So I don't think he discounted the narrative. Just by calling it a narrative doesn't discount it. No, it's absolutely a, a a thing. And, and you're right; it would have been brought up. You're not wrong. Um, but to me, what we did learn is again, you kind of we had heard the same thing, even though it was reported like with a month to go in the season that hey, this Giants thing, Bob Melvin might be a possibility. At that point, I think we were all on like alert that is this like the plan like everyone knows this is the exit strategy for bob this is the exit strategy for the padres to get a new manager in and that really wasn't the case it sounds like from both the padres and bob's perspective they truly were planning on going forward with bob as the manager to the point that they went to arizona you know, went to the spring training facility, started meeting about next year talking about players and options you don't do that just for I mean, that's not televised. This is not some theater that you're doing. Yeah, let's sit down for, you know, seven hours of meetings just so we can say we sat down for seven hours of meetings. They were planning on going forward, but it sounds like during that meeting, they continued to like, I don't, I don't agree with you. Yeah, on this maybe, one. maybe and, butt heads you know, a little bit. It's like, I don't agree with you there. And then the Giants come calling and you go, maybe this is for the best that, that I listen to them and you don't. You know, you get to do what you want to do with the with the organization. You're not going anywhere, AJ. Maybe this is for the best, and it sounds like that truly is how it played out. Yeah, agreed. Uh, which is 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 that's fine. I mean, that is absolutely fine because he is dead dead accurate. That 100 percent would have been brought up. Uh, now again, it was uh, it was pointed out that this was partly because Bob wanted to do this. He wanted to come on. He wasn't forced to join Gwyn and Chris. He was asked specifically, all right, why, why did you want to talk to the San Diego listeners of the fan on the radio and join the show? But, you know, the year before, as bad as last year was, the year right. before was 
you know, it was fantastic. And, and, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to come on and I wanted to talk to you guys was to let everybody know and, and thank everybody for my time in San Diego. I mean, the people that covered, you know, myself and the team, certainly the fans there. And, and, you know, I used to go out to the dugout 25 minutes for the game, half hour, 25 more minutes for the game, just so I could take in the scene every day. It was one of my favorite things about being in San Diego was going out there, looking out at Gallagher Square. It's already packed. Looking up, you know, in the upper deck in left field and seeing that, that you know, people were starting to sit down there and knowing it was just going to be another scene, another event, uh, that, that the fans were just so supportive of that team. And you, you really didn't want to get immune to that or callous to it. So I used to do that every day. And then, you know, obviously the one of the great days of my baseball career was you know, when we beat the Dodgers, the reaction of the fans in the stands and, and, and around town and everything that day and, you know, Manny's reaction and everybody's reaction in the dugout and so forth. So as bad as it seemed in 23, 22 was really, really special. And you kind of have to balance when you realize, you know, now you're moving. I'm moving on to another chapter in my career. And the San Diego one, even though it didn't end great, was very special to me. It's like a divorce, man. That's what it's like. Man, we had some good times. We really did. Remember that trip we took? It was great. I mean, it's uh, it's it's hard. And and I I was I was I thought it was a really nice message. There's another clip I want to play. Got to go to break right now. But it's the uh, Chris asked him about the the team being difficult to manage. I love that Bob never. I mean, from his very first press conference, how excited he was to see a full ballpark coming from Oakland. Yeah, he never lost that. Yeah. even to it's the great. very end, he said. I loved walking out before the game and seeing that place fill up, Gallagher Square, the upper decks, and always having that kind of support. He never lost that appreciation, even as things were going badly uh, there at the end of last season. All right, we will get to more audio. If you want to get online now, we'll probably have some time for phone calls in our next segment as well. 833-288-0973, discussing Bob Melvin's appearance yesterday with Gwyn and Chris as we continue here on a Wednesday morning on 97.3 The Fan. I want to lose a couple days We probably never struggle coping But I never want to Promise again that I will call her Forget the time Cause I'm seven hours behind It's probably good I didn't call her But I always want to T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.
Now we're going through some of the audio from Bob Melvin's interview with Gwyn and Chris yesterday. Our phone lines are open if you want to get on now. Uh, we've got like three cuts left, and then we're going to go out to the phone lines. 833-288-0973. First, though, quick check of traffic here on 97.3 The Fan. Remember, you're listening for that Chris Stapleton cue to call for the tickets. Could happen any time. And the biggest fan contest is returning. Just visit 97.3thefansd.com slash biggestfan. Register your name. And then later this month, you'll be listening at 9.15, 11.30, and 5 o'clock during each fan talk show. If you hear your name called, you'll have 10 minutes to call us back to qualify for a spectacular grand prize. 20 tickets in our Odyssey suite to a 2024 Padres game. And the fan hosts are all going to show up for the game as well uh, to hang out with you and your crew in the Odyssey suite at a Padres game. So that's the biggest fan. You do have to get your name registered, though. You can do that anytime time here this week or so and then start listening uh, when the contest starts for your name to be called. All right, you teased um, one of the more interesting moments of the interview with Bob Melvin yesterday. Some of the, the specific rumors about, you know, the Padres roster and dealing with them as the manager of the team last year, was that a difficult task, Bob Melvin, as uh, as some of the reporting had indicated at the end of last season? Uh, you know what? I'm not, I, I really don't want to get into narratives. And Look, Juan Soto, I talked to Juan a few days ago. Juan knows Soto knows how I feel about him. I know how Juan feels about me, and those are the most important things. And, you know, as far as Josh goes, we we communicated a lot over the course of his time there, and, I, you know, Josh and I are in a good place too. So, Hater. you know, if, if you answer one question, then it's going to lead to another one and another one and another one, and it just doesn't feel like, uh, the timing for it is now. That was my that was the quote that that stuck out the most to me. And I mean, really, guys, if you listen to it again, I mean, I had people like, "Oh God, they must have really hated each other." I'm like, "Were we listening to the same clip?" Because he just said, "I'm in a good place with Josh too," meaning I'm in a good place with Juan. He knows how I feel about him. I know how he feels about me. I did not look at that as anything other than a positive. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to read between some lines that may not exist yeah. to go, well, I know how I feel about him. I hate him. And I know he how, how he feels about me. He hates, he hates me. me. Yeah. And we're good with that. Now, I, I mean, he was trying to imply that all was good, you know, this, between it, Juan Soto and himself. And that wasn't the reason that Bob wanted out of the Padres. He didn't want Juan Soto traded from the San Diego Padres, as was reported. I, I will never, I'll go to my deathbed not believing that Bob Melvin thought his team would be better off without Juan Soto on it to trade for some starting pitching or some bullpen help. I I can't, for the life of me, wrap my head around a manager whose job is to win baseball games going, yeah, we'll go sugar and left, and let's go get Clark Schmidt from the Yankees, and that will put us over the edge. If you say it out loud, you realize how ridiculous it sounds. It, 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 it sounds ridiculous because it is. It is ridiculous. You don't want to trade Juan Soto. I, I, I never the, – the common knowledge uh, quote again is everybody, everybody knew he wanted to trade him. I, I'd never heard it. I heard, I heard, I heard that, that people butted heads, which is not – that is not uncommon in a, in a baseball clubhouse. Yeah, I believe that Bob Melvin really wanted to give Juan Soto some days off, and yes. Juan did not, not want He wanted to them. play every game, and yeah. I think Bob disagreed with that, but you know, sometimes superstar players win that argument with a manager, at least in modern baseball. So, yeah, there was almost certainly some butting of heads. You'd have to be the dumbest 
bastard alive to be like, get rid of him. I mean, if he really did think that, good. I'm glad he's done. 100%. 100%, Like, wow, good riddance, man. Anybody that doesn't want Juan Soto on their team uh, is not the guy for us. So, um, yeah, I liked what he said there. You know, it's... It is what it is at this point. He's gone. We'll have a new manager coming in soon. You know, people are talking in the chat. What do you do on opening day uh, to, to, to Bob Melvin? I mean, I'm certainly not going to boo the man. Uh, I don't, I'm not a big booer anyway. Um, so, I, I, you know, I hope we kick the crap out of him and never lose to him. Um, that's, that's certainly how I feel, but I'm not going to go as far as to, to boo the guy. Uh, let's just get another cut or two in here, and then we'll go out to the phones. Uh, on closing his San Diego chapter here. You know, saying goodbye to so many good people, you know, in the Sandy, you know, whether it's the players, whether it's, you know, the people that supported me from above. Peter Seidler is a fantastic man. Eric Rutner was so good to me in that organization. AJ and I actually, I like AJ. He likes me. We just had some differences as far as, you know, baseball philosophies were. But the players, all the players, and if I mention one, I need to mention them all. They, they were fantastic to me. So, um, Look, it, uh, it, it, I'm just trying to not be too overwhelmed with uh, what's going on now to think about what opening day is going to feel like, but I, I did notice it when I looked at the schedule. Yeah. I mean, Bob. Bob's a good guy. He's a good guy. It didn't work out here. He's moved on to somewhere else. Got his work cut out for him there. No pretty question. pretty high road on that on that answer about him and AJ. You know, liking each other. They're friends. They just didn't see eye to eye. Now, can that be concerning for you know Padres baseball fans? Of course. Bob Melvin has had a lot of success in other places, which makes you think his philosophy is a pretty good one. And if AJ's is different, that is concerning. Sure. But at the same time, I can't tell you. If a hundred percent that AJ's philosophy is wrong. I can tell you that it's only resulted in two full winning seasons in his time with the San Diego Padres, both managed by Bob Melvin. So you know we'll we'll see what happens going forward. But I thought that was an interview with Bob took a high road, did said what he wanted to say, thanked the fans, left I think a little bit better than any you know better than what happened in the San Francisco presser. Better than not being on the Zoom with AJ at the end of the season. This truly was a a final thank you and goodbye from Bob Bell. Yep, that's it. Right. And uh, that's it. And we'll catch up with him on uh, opening day and say hello and... You know, wish him the worst because you don't want to. You don't want to start that season uh, at home losing the San Francisco Giants and Bob Melvin. He did say I. I didn't realize it right away, but yeah, I soon saw, saw it. I was like, oh, oh wow. First first game as my uh, as manager of the Giants at Petco Park against the San Diego Padres. East County Chris says, if those hit pieces don't come out, Bob is still here. I doubt that very much because, again, if those are issues that are being reported on, that means they're real issues. But, but the media it, did not scare Bob Melvin out of town. No, well, no, but if there wasn't that swirling, you know, maelstrom around them, would that have made it a lot easier to stay? Possibly. If everything had really stayed behind closed doors and we had no idea, we thought that Bob and AJ were two peas in a pod and they just had a bad, unlucky season, it would have been easier to stay. Sure, and I think that that, that happens in some organizations. He, he was right when he said, I just know, you know, when, when something goes wrong next year, and it will, it's baseball, 
then we're going to have to go right down this road again. You know, what's wrong with your culture? What's why are you not getting along with AJ again? Is that why you just lost three of the last four games? It would have been hard to deal with going forward. And it did make it much more difficult, I think, for Bob to envision going into the final year of his contract. No guarantees beyond that. When uh, all of a sudden a guaranteed new deal with the San Francisco Giants in his hometown was sitting out there. Yep. Made sense at the end. All right, yep. let's go out to the phones. 833-288-0973. Ron is calling in this morning to join Ben and Woods on 97.3 The Fan. Hi, Ron. Morning, Ron. Morning, guys. Woods, sorry about your crabby Halloween Eve. Thank you. It happens, you know, uh, trying to stay on. I hear on. you, man. Trying, I, to, trying to stay on I hear, all day. I, I hear you. Hey, guys, look, it's it's very clear to me that Bob Melvin didn't want to be here in the first place. From his Giants presser, he sat there in that press conference and said that when he was uh, sitting in the dugout up there at Giant Stadium, Looking he over. dreamed one day. <laughs> yeah, he dreamed one day about being the manager up here. He didn't. He didn't want to work it out. He didn't want to stay here. He told us all, "Well, I'm not going to quit. I'm under contract." And you know, he's full of crap. Okay. And I, I don't think he. I don't think he gelled with the players. Um, I think they need to get somebody younger in here and, uh, you know, say a lot V Bob Melvin, go, Wait, go to, go to San Francisco and see what that gets you. Wish you well, but not that well. And that's a, that's a very common theme as well. Ron, you are, are not wrong. I, I disagree with your take, but that's okay. That's what, that's what healthy debate is all about. Um, you yeah, say you I, have a differing of baseball philosophies. You like Ron. Ron likes you. Yeah, yeah. You just have different Ron baseball and I have different baseball philosophies. I heard Ron hates Juan Soto. <laughs> Ron wants to get rid of Juan Soto. No, I, I, I certainly appreciate that that take, and it's one we've we've heard as well. I do think it's a little bit of uh, press conference speak. You oh, hear yeah. that all the time. Sure. And dreamed I, about putting this Oakland now, A's uniform he's on. I dreamed a Bay about it. Area kid. Yeah, yeah. Like he played for the Giants, et cetera, et cetera. I believe that that was authentic. But, I mean, when he got the job here in San Diego, he said something similar. Yeah. He said, we just played it in a promo like an hour ago. He's like, we'd come down here with the A's, and, and I was like, house. this is amazing. Yeah. I would love to be I, here. I think if, if – I mean, you can't guarantee anything in baseball, but if Bob knew that 2024 would be just like 2022 with magical postseason run and you know beating the Dodgers – I, I don't think he would have gone anywhere. Maybe you don't leave. I think you know you stay, but you know, with the odds, the odds are that you are probably facing a, a reduced payroll, a a hostile potentially, you know, media and fans who don't know what's going on behind the scenes. It's a tough. It's a tough look going forward. There's a, an aspect of of when the going gets tough he he left there's an aspect of that of I, I feel that yeah. I, i'm not that's i'm not saying yeah. that that's not a real thing like hey man well thanks I mean, is for that is that for... weakness or is that intelligence Correct. Though? exactly exactly <laughs> i mean it's it's there there is no uh is there glory in the grind anymore of like no i've committed and i'm going to stick to it no i mean this is the it's kind of the way of the world right now so uh got an opportunity took it you know good for him i don't think he's going to i don't you know they Word around the campfire is they're going to spend a ton of money this offseason. They're going to, at least we've seen them try before. In my opinion, take all the emotion out of it, having Bob Melvin as their manager helps them more than it hurts them in luring potential free agents because every free agent is now on the phone with their buddies that have played for them, that have played with them, and they're saying, 
What do you think? And they're all going to say exactly what we heard. Great communicator. I mean, this seems to be, and I believe him when he says it, this is the last job for him. I don't foresee him being there two years and then going to to manage the Brewers. We thought that this in San Diego was his last job, too, though. Uh, yeah, I mean, but that yeah, wasn't there. In different circumstances, it would have been. Wasn't there always the potential for for managing the Giants? You know, that's th- there are guys like that where you're like, man, if that job comes available, you know. But listen, he's gone. You know, do great, but not against us. And actually, don't do great because we need you to not play well in the division. And <laughs> and uh, but I don't wish any harm on the man at all. Certainly. Let's go to uh, Stephen. You're next up here with Ben and Woods on ninety seven three. The fan. Good morning. Good morning, guys. Um, So my question is, you know, what potentially was the talent just too good for for Bob Melvin's sort of experience and and uh, in history? I've heard that. um, You know, you look at some of uh, the folks that he has um, managed, like Matt Olson and things like that. They've gone on to other teams, other managers, and they've excelled and done exceptionally well. Yeah, he. Uh, I mean, that's the thing. All those players were good in Oakland, though. They were they were exceptional players. They may not have been superstars. You didn't see them in the playoffs because they were on Oakland, <laughs> right? But they were exceptional. He's managed some exceptional talent. Has he managed the superstar before? The Manny Machado, the Fernando Tatis, the Juan Soto. Has a lot for any manager to handle. But you know, many of us are in here clamoring for a rookie manager, but not not because they're necessarily oversized personalities compared to no, other guys. It's just, a, but it, I think there's a difference between managing an up and coming star and one who already has a giant contract. You do have to treat those players a little bit differently as a manager. He admitted when he arrived, this is a different situation for me. Never really been in a case where top three payroll in in baseball and to have a team like that. And I do think. That there was some maybe adjustments that needed to take place for Bob Melvin's managing that was going to be different than obviously but if managing that's the Oakland. hill you're going to die on. Then I mean, who are the managers available that have dealt with these high successfully? Yeah, I mean, again, I just made the point. You're clamoring for a Benji Gill or a Mike Schilt or uh, Ryan Flaherty. Ryan Flaherty's at least been around them and maybe knows how it works on a day to day basis. But he doesn't. Benji Gill has had no, you know, hundred plus million dollar superstars on his, you know, Mexican league rosters. Yeah, I mean, be very different. Yeah, it is. So again, if that's your criteria, if Bob was afraid of superstars, which is a narrative I can't believe we're talking about, but it's out there. If he was truly afraid of superstars, why are they now going after superstars in San Francisco? Now, Mike Schilt has managed veterans and stars in St. Louis. Yep. Had a few of them yep. during his time there, for, for sure. sure. For sure. So he has some experience with that, and he knows the guys on this roster already. That's, again, I think why he's the leading candidate to become the next Padres manager. Checks who, more who boxes than anybody managed? else. He was there three years, and he didn't have Pujols. Did he have Goldschmidt for a little Goldie. year? Yeah, I think he had a little bit of Arenado. Had Wainwright, obviously, as a, as a veteran who'd he's been there for a long time. Star. He's a veteran. Might be a Hall of Famer. Not a superstar. Adam Wainwright's a superstar? Potential Hall of Famer. Okay, but is he a superstar? Yachty. Yeah, I mean, he had, you know, he's he's had to manage. I'm. What are we talking about here? Let's just call it what it is. Egos. <laughs> he's had to manage egos, right? They all. If you're a manager in the big leagues, you've had to manage some sort of ego. So, 
Schilt has experience doing it. By the way, sometimes it. rookies come up and have giant egos, too. Well, we heard from Brett Boone <laughs> a couple weeks ago. Oh, I mean, you have to have it to get through this. But, um, you know, that's going to be the most important thing is somebody coming in and, and creating a new culture, a culture of winning, a culture of, of playing for each other, playing for, you know, your teammate uh, instead of yourself and your personal numbers and things like that. I don't know who the right man for the that job is. I hope he's out there. I hope this one hits. You know, I really do. So that was uh, that was Bob Melvin coming on and mostly I think addressing the fans and thanking them. It, it gives me a, I think it gives me a little bit of more of a warm feeling as he as he exits out the door. Yet when um, when Ron said he never wanted to be here, he wanted he definitely wanted to be here. There was not this wasn't this wasn't he wasn't he coerced. He didn't he didn't get coerced to come to San Diego. He was very excited when he took the job. And he had a great time in 2022, and 2023 didn't go well and might have broken a lot of guys. Might have broken a lot of managers, uh, the kind of season that the Padres had this last year. And it was it was too much. And you can say he should have stuck it out, or you can argue that he made the smart decision to walk away when he did walk away from this job. Do we not agree? I'm surprised that we don't. Do we not agree that every single manager wants as many superstar players and, and talent that he can find on his team. Every, like the more the merrier. Yeah, you figure it out. You you try to figure it out at least, but to have the best of the best is what every manager wants. I, I just can't picture a world where a manager says, No, 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 he's too good. Makes too much money. We don't want him on on our team. I, it doesn't compute with me. As a fan of this game for a long, long time, I, I've never seen a manager want to turn down talent. All right, we've got one hour to go. Uh the Rattle Report's gonna include the first college football playoff rankings that came out yesterday. I was surprised by which team was not in the top four. That and more next with Bennett Woods on 97.3 The Fan. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 